Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us off the top at 6 o'clock here on a Tuesday morning for our first check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning McMaster denies reports of Trump intel revelations, and Orlando is removing a Confederate statue from downtown. We'll have those details coming up in one minute. Did the president reveal highly classified information to the Russians, or is it just the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine running wild? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster says reports that President Trump revealed highly classified information to Russian officials aren't true. Trump met privately with Russia's U.S. ambassador and foreign minister last week. At the White House last night, McMaster said a range of, quote, common threats were discussed. He insisted that intelligence sources, methods, and military operations were not discussed. Trump reportedly told Russian officials about classified information involving an ISIS plot. McMaster said, quote, I was in the room. It didn't happen, end quote. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. All of this broke in the Washington Post, and they are citing nothing but anonymous sources. We're getting into this big time in all three hours, starting moments from now, Deb. A new poll, meanwhile, shows a growing number of Americans want an independent probe into accusations of connections between Russia and the Trump campaign. A Reuters-Ipsos survey conducted after President Trump fired FBI Director James Comey put support for an independent investigation at 59 percent. That number is up from 54 percent in February, and it includes a growing percentage of people within the president's own party. While only 30 percent of Republicans wanted an independent look into the accusations back in February, now over 40 percent are asking for it. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein will brief all senators about the firing of FBI Director James Comey on Thursday afternoon. Rosenstein will be pressed in a closed hearing about his recommendation to fire Comey that was spelled out in a memo to President Trump. Rosenstein is the second-ranking Justice Department official and assumed oversight of the Russian investigation when Attorney General Jeff Sessions recused himself. Sessions took that action because of his close relationship with the Trump presidential campaign. President Trump welcomes Turkish President Erdogan to the White House today. The White House statement says the two men will discuss cooperation in confronting terrorism. Erdogan recently won a special election that gave him broad new powers. His government has been accused of cracking down on dissent by detaining or arresting tens of thousands of protesters. The U.S. is closely monitoring global ransomware attacks. In a White House briefing yesterday, counterterrorism advisor Tom Bossert noted that a small number of U.S. companies had been impacted, including FedEx. He said uh, the only computers that can be hit are those without the latest security patches from Microsoft. He said 150 countries have been hit so far by the so-called WannaCry malware. Bossert says it's not known who's behind the cyber attacks, but North Korea, but intelligence officials and private security experts say that new digital clues point to North Korean-linked hackers 
as the likely suspects. And an interesting local dimension to this, the um, uh, the ransomware hackers claim to have gotten a hold of the new Disney Pirates of the Caribbean movie yeah. and, and want ransom in exchange for not releasing it before it hits theaters. So there's some local drama we will follow. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And speaking of uh, local news, the city of Orlando is removing the Confederate Johnny Reb statue from downtown's Lake Eola Park. Mayor Buddy Dyer announced at uh, City Hall yesterday that the century-old monument honoring Southern soldiers in the Civil War will be moved to the Greenwood Cemetery. The announcement came amid protests yesterday by detractors, including some who waved Confederate flags. Yeah, I don't like what's going on here, and I was shocked to learn that the mayor can remove that statue without anybody else having a say in it. We're going to debate this later in this hour. Wow, that's surprising. And finally, it was another success for SpaceX after a liftoff from the Kennedy Space Center late last evening. The SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket boosted a communication and high-speed broadband satellite toward Earth orbit. Usually the company tries to fly the spent booster of the Falcon 9 back to a landing. In this case, SpaceX said mission requirements ruled out that possibility. It was probably one of their heaviest payloads to date. Satellite weighed like 13,000 pounds, so it was on a heavy lift rocket instead of their usual. And which explained why it seemed to be so much slower going skyward. <laughs> it was lifting something apparently about the size and weight of a duckle, a double-decker bus, I was reading. Wow. So it was going, oh, man. <laughs> but they made it. It's kind of like when you fly, uh, what's the biggest passenger jet out there right now? Is it 747? 747, yeah, yeah, I guess, sure. Have you ever flown on a 747? I have. Do you remember that feeling on the runway where the plane feels like it's going so slow you want to kind of run your feet along the bottom to kind of help it pick up speed? It's so heavy and so big. Absolutely. I would imagine that that must have been what that uh, Falcon 9 felt like last night. It was creeping into the sky. Yes, it was. And I was incorrect in saying it was a heavy lift rocket. I don't know. Were you? I believe I was. I, I put out a fact I hadn't verified. So. All right. There's uh, a, a lot of that going nine. around. We get your job with the Washington Post. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Learn to speak Russian. <laughs> WFLA News Time at 6.07. Read about a disillusioned Ann Coulter. Not alone. Saying Trump, uh, things don't look good. At 102.5 WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando. With Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 102.5. Ann Coulter, ready to jump off the Trump train of all people? What's that all about? We'll get into that later in this half hour, too. Yaffe at the controls. We are ready to go. Good morning, Orlando, at eight minutes after six. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So, did President Trump release highly classified information to the Russians, or do we have the ATM machine out of control big time this morning, as in the anti-Trump media machine, a.k.a. in this case, the Washington Post, with an article that's a bombshell to me, until I realize that there is not an identified source in the entire story. In a moment, we'll talk about it. If you want to weigh in early, 
407-916-5400 is my number. Text line 23680. We'll get into this and have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Man, it just it just gets my hackles up when we have a major media outlet clearly invested in the destruction of the Trump presidency and the president himself, the Washington Post. And it has a lot of company, doesn't it, in the media? Does a big report like this and uses only anonymous sources who must clearly have their own axes to grind. I mean, give me names if you are going to try and destroy a president and assassinate his character at the same time. This should be required of any responsible media outlet. Clearly not an issue for the Washington Post. Not a single name revealed. Who are these people, these current and former U.S. officials who supposedly know this stuff? I don't think they know what National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster knows. He came out of the White House last night at about 7 o'clock with a gaggle of reporters and microphones around him and had this to say about the Washington Post hatchet job. There's nothing that the president takes more seriously than the, the security of the American people. The story that came out tonight, as reported, is false. The president and the foreign minister reviewed a range of common threats to our two countries, including threats to civil aviation. At no time, at no time, were intelligence sources or methods discussed. And the president did not disclose any military operations that were not already publicly known. Two other senior officials who were present, including the Secretary of State, remember the meeting the same way and have said so. Their on-the-record accounts should outweigh those of anonymous sources. And I, I was in the room. It didn't happen. Turned around and went back into the White House, took no questions. Now, McMaster's number two, Deputy National Security Advisor for Strategy, Dina Powell, is quoted as saying this. The story is false. The president only discussed the common threats that both countries, the U.S. and Russia, faced. And what about Secretary of State Rex Tillerson? I don't believe this man would lie for anybody, including President Trump. Tillerson says the story is false. Quote, during President Trump's meeting with Foreign Minister Lavrov, a broad range of subjects were discussed, among which were common efforts and threats regarding counterterrorism. During that exchange, the nature of specific threats were discussed, but they did not discuss sources, methods, or military operations. Laura Ingram was on the Fox special report panel last night, and she says her sources say the Post did not speak with McMaster, Tillerson, or Powell before running the story. They had an agenda. They didn't want to talk to the key players whose name would be readily identifiable, who would cast the president in a good light. They wanted to run with shadowy, all-anonymous sources, supposedly current and former U.S. officials. Who are these? People from the Obama regime invested in the destruction of the Trump presidency? Who are these people? This is outrageous. Yaffe, with what I have on the table before me this morning, and I'm, I'm willing to listen to anything else that comes out with credibility, for God's sake, 
you have got a hatchet job of the first magnitude by the ATM machine, as I now call it, the anti-Trump media machine, in this case, the Washington Post. Yeah, and it seems like this has been happening a lot lately where they quote all these anonymous sources and then people go on the record and they say, no, that's not true or no, that's greatly exaggerated. And this seems like another case of that. Absolutely right. We'll follow it closely, of course, but that's my take on it. I want to know what, how you see it. Let's talk about this here. How do you feel about it, particularly if you are a Trump supporter? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. And how do you feel about the, the ultimate Trump backer? Wrote a book about it. Trust in Trump and Coulter. Now saying she's about had it with him and is ready to jump ship. You kidding me? 121 days or whatever it is into the presidency, Ann? What the heck is going on? Grow a spine for crying out loud that you always accuse the Linguini spine liberals of not having. You've got my take on what the Washington Post is doing with an anonymous story. All anonymous sources here. This really is the ATM machine in high gear, the anti-Trump media machine, until I see anything that makes me feel to the contrary. And what is this about the ultimate Trump supporter who sold a ton of copies of her book in Trump We Trust, Ann Coulter, saying she's about had it and is getting close to jumping ship, and that all Trump's true believers are petrified. She says she was a single-issue voter during the campaign. Trump talked tough about letting the Mexicans flow into this country across an unsecured border and demanded and called for a wall to be built that it would be built and the Mexicans would wind up paying for it. Now Coulter says, you know, where's the wall? Obama's amnesties look like they're here to stay. And she's like, you know, ready to go. 120-some days into the Trump presidency, Ann? What the heck is that all about? Anyway, uh, that, that's shocking and disappointing to me. Ann Coulter, of all people. Let's, um, let's go to the phones and get your take on all of this going on with the anonymous sources. That's all they have in the Washington Post. They didn't even talk to Tillerson um, or Powell or McMaster in the White House who were in the room what does that tell you about where they're coming from? To Cape Canaveral we go. Mike, good morning. You're on with the Bud Man. Good morning, Bud. Another beautiful SpaceX podcast, Mike, real quick. But yeah, I, you got a good look at it, huh? You bet. I live here and I work here. So, I uh, love yeah, it. I always get a good look. But uh, Ann should realize that President Trump never goes back on his word. He's proven that time and time again. She just needs to wait a little bit. It's not even a half a year into his administration. And as far as these blatant lies, they're treasonous. You don't know what effect that has on his negotiations overseas and how the leaders are going to view him and our country. And President Trump needs to go on the offensive and pull their licenses and get them off the air and off the Internet for, for national security reasons. Thank you, Mike. You raised some great points. Paul's not happy that the Bud Man's talking about this on the radio. Good morning from Claremont, Paul. Good morning. How are you, Bud? I'm doing well. And you, sir? I'm fine. I'm just... And I know a lot of people that are fed up with all this garbage. There's no evidence, no proof. 
It's like my neighbor coming down and saying, your wife's having an affair. Well, how do you know? Well, I don't know. I just think I'll say it. You guys got to stop giving so much copy of the Post and the Journal. And production's king. That's what Donald Trump knows. He's a businessman no. like me. No, I'm, I'm not. Listen, I'm, I'm not sitting here back in the Post. I'm blasting the Post. You need to know what's going on out there. You need oh, to know what's going that. on out there. I'm not going to cover it up. I understand that. I do. I really do. And it's not so I know you're 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 taking the high ground on it, but I was listening to other radio stations and this, this is fact as far as they're concerned. And it's ridiculous. This is crap is what this is. Thank you yeah. very much. I appreciate you. Text line Yaffe, what's there? Uh yes, uh lots of people upset at the Washington Post. One person says uh, Washington Post owned by Amazon chief Bezos. Uh don't use Amazon. Calling for a boycott of Amazon. That would be that would be something. <laughs> that would be something. Another person just says that the Washington Post has lost all credibility, and uh, a lot of people just upset at them. Top of the seven o'clock hour. Join me for a live report on all of this from our fine News Radio one hundred two five national correspondent Joe Gomez. More opportunities later in the show for your calls and reactions and text messages as well. All right, Jeff, the big story of the morning. We have set the table. You have more right now on this um, anonymously sourced Washington Post report saying that the president has inadvertently or otherwise given highly classified information to the Russians. What do you got? Well, actually, I've got one of the reporters who broke this story, and this is his opportunity. He's talking about it here, where National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster says the report about President Trump revealing classified information to Russian officials is false. In a statement outside the White House yesterday evening, McMaster stressed that no intelligence sources or methods were discussed. But Greg Jaffe, one of the Washington Post reporters who broke the story, says McMaster isn't addressing the real issue. So the story, I think, to be clear, doesn't say that the president um, uh, disclosed sources and methods. What he disclosed was information about uh, the intelligence that we'd gathered um, or that had been gathered by one of our partners. Further reporting by the New York Times claims Trump was boasting to Russia's foreign minister and ambassador when he disclosed the highly sensitive information during a meeting in the Oval Office last week. There are now concerns that information could reveal the source of the intelligence, specifically in Syria. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. NSA leaker Edward Snowden is joining more than 100 activists, journalists and government employees calling for the end of a U.S. investigation into WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. They signed an open letter calling for any possible prosecution of Assange a threat to free journalism. Trump had said in the past that he loved WikiLeaks for releasing emails related to the Hillary Clinton campaign, but Attorney General Jeff Sessions has said prosecuting Assange for leaking classified info is a priority. In other news, NTSB investigators are arriving later today to take over the probe into that deadly New Jersey plane crash. A Learjet 35 bound from Philadelphia to Teterboro Airport crashed in Karlstadt yesterday afternoon It was as it was coming in for a landing. It hit um, the surrounding buildings, striking both buildings and setting them on fire. The, the plane came to rest. Most of the identifiable parts are in our parking lot. 
Joe Orlando, a spokesman for Karlstadt's mayor, says the pilot and co-pilot were killed, but miraculously no one on the ground was hurt, and that's despite the fact the plane set fire to three buildings and more than a dozen vehicles in an industrial complex that includes Karlstadt's public works building. It's unclear whether there was a mayday call prior to the crash. And finally, in local news, a Volusia County man is arrested for allegedly setting a patrol car on fire. Remember that? Sheriff Mike Chitwood announced yesterday that a 40-year-old Daytona Beach man was booked into the Seminole County Jail for setting fire to the Volusia County vehicle back in September. Based on an investigation, the man was booked into the Seminole County Jail and is being held without bond. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Some records set on Wall Street yesterday. Let's go right now to New York City's Bloomberg Newsroom and bring in Gina Cervetti with our Tuesday morning Bloomberg Business Report. Good morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the, the prices inched up to where they had not been before. And now you're taking a look ahead at what today's session might bring. What can you tell mm-hmm. us this morning, Gina? Well, we have the stock futures kind of little changed here to mixed after stocks edged higher to another new record yesterday led by financial and energy shares. The Dow was up 85 points, closing at 20,982. No new record for the Dow, but for the S&P and the NASDAQ. The S&P was up another 11 points or about one half of 1% to 2402 and the Nasdaq gained 28 to 6150 and we are seeing crude oil rising it's up about four tenths percent again this morning and just above $49 a barrel and so today we're watching for the April report on housing starts and industrial production and we just got a couple of earnings here Home mm-hmm. Depot had some pretty good sales in the first quarter seems to be bucking the retail trend rising five and a half percent that beat analyst estimates Staples earnings just matched estimates in the latest quarter while sales missed and let's talk about what's going on in the auto industry right now um really concerning news from ford right yeah the wall street journal is reporting that ford plans to cut some staff worldwide as ceo mark fields faces pressure to boost profit and a lagging stock price about 10 percent of the staff here the journal says the job cuts mostly target salaried employees but it's unclear yet if hourly factory workers are included according to this paper now the field uh, fields is pouring billions of dollars into electronic cars self-driving cars ride-sharing experiments he has said ford plans to cut costs by three billion this year and that earnings will rebound next year the shareholders want to see some some action here in the stock price understand now there's also another big name retailer who is struggling part of a trend we've been seeing in recent years Mm -hmm. gina yeah if you have teenagers then you might recognize the name of this store rue 21 it's a teen clothing chain it's controlled by a private equity firm right now apex partners it filed for bankruptcy it's the latest casualty of changing consumer habits lots of people aren't going to the mall Rue 21 said last month that it had already begun closing about 400 underperforming stores. It may evaluate shutting down some more, and it has about 1,200 stores in all. And if you are used to bringing your laptop on board when, you, when you're on a flight, uh, you need to listen to this final story from the Bloomberg Business Report this morning. Gina? Especially if you're an international traveler. The U.S. appears close to expanding a ban on laptops and other large electronics from cabins on flights leaving Europe for America. The U.S. decreed back in March that electronic devices larger than mobile phones were banned from airline cabins on flights from 10 airports in the Middle East and North Africa. Those devices need to be checked 
in your bag. And now the U.S. is considering applying restrictions to flights originating in Europe. Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly is meeting with European Commission officials tomorrow on this issue. Something we will continue to follow very closely through your good team up there at Bloomberg Business. Thank you so much, Gina. Have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow morning, same time. All right. Thanks, bud. You too. All right. Listen, I am a little bit worked up about a local story here. This Confederate monument to the soldiers who fought in the Civil War when Florida was a member of the Confederacy has stood proudly on the shore of Lake Eola for 100 years. Suddenly it appears that one man has pressured one other man and that monument is going to be gone from Lake Eola. Is this right? Not in my mind. I'll fill in the blanks and we'll talk about it in a moment. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. As we roll on for the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll get into the um, Confederate monument story in Orlando in a moment, along with an update for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. It all unfolds in just two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. They put it on the shore of Lake Eola in 1917. It was carved in 1911. It is known as the Johnny Reb Confederate Soldier Memorial. It has stood proudly on a high pedestal on the shore of Lake Eola, now these days largely unnoticed after all this time for 100 years. Now Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer caves to pressure and suddenly orders the statue removed and put over in an area of the Greenwood Cemetery where Confederate soldiers were buried from the Civil War. And he's accountable to nobody else. Nobody has to vote on this. He can just do it. There's something fundamentally wrong with that. When you rip a piece of Florida history out of the ground and you're the only one who gets the call, Mr. Mayor? This is outrageous. How did this happen? Oh, and by the way, by the way, if you're not in Orlando, you're in the sound of my voice, somebody somewhere soon, trust me on this, it's going on all around the country. You just saw what happened with the Civil War era monuments taken down in downtown uh, New Orleans. It's been going on. The Lee statue's going from uh, Charlottesville in Virginia, et cetera, et cetera. They are coming for your Confederacy history, for your Confederate history. There are dozens of Confederate memorials to Florida's participation in the Civil War on the side of the South all over the state of Florida. They stand within the sound of my voice, not only in Orlando, but in St. Cloud, Lakeland, Plant City, Tampa, Brooksville, Ocala, Bradenton, Palatka, St. Augustine, Gainesville, Jacksonville, and elsewhere as well. So they had a Orlando Council meeting yesterday, as they do on a Monday, and this was not on the agenda, but Mayor Dyer had been informed that um, a guy by the name of David Porter, who is black and was a former member of the Orlando Sentinel editorial board, had been posting on social media that he wanted this thing gone, this Johnny Reb memorial on the shore of Lake Eola, because it is an offensive symbol of racism. Okay? 
Buddy Dyer had said as recently as yesterday that he views the statue and others like it as historical markers, but according to the Sentinel report, acknowledged that some people find them offensive. So he just decided unilaterally under pressure from David Porter. They had demonstrators on both sides of this at the council meeting yesterday. Turned into a big deal. He just decided he's going to move the statue to Greenwood Cemetery. That it's a totally appropriate solution. That's where we have Confederate dead buried. And he doesn't have to get the council's approval, the taxpayer's approval. Nobody votes on this. This is a major piece of history that stood there for 100 years. And because one man pressured the mayor. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, the social justice crowd is coming for all symbols of the Confederacy. This is history, folks. This is not an endorsement of slavery. This is a tribute to those who fought and died in the Civil War. This is history. You don't change the history by removing from public view a monument to that history. Are you okay with this? Am I the only one who cares about what's happened here? And the idea that the mayor can just do it, and that's it? No timetable set. If this doesn't bother you for the reasons it bothers me, maybe it'll bother you when I tell you that when all is said and done, it's going to cost them 150000 taxpayer dollars to remove that monument to Greenwood Cemetery. 407-916-5400, if you want to tell me what you think, text line 23680. The social justice crowd, it's tyranny of the minority. You got one man, and I'm sure there are others, but one man who made the case to Buddy Dyer in a compelling way, and now one man, Buddy Dyer, the mayor of Orlando, can just remove this piece of history that stood on the shore of Lake Eola for a hundred years? There is something fundamentally wrong with this. It's under the category of tyranny of the minority that I rail on from this microphone in one way or another constantly. Am I the only one who cares here? If I prove to be the only one who cares, then clearly I'm in the minority, and I mean no tyranny whatsoever. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm the only one who was outraged here. I guess we're about to find out. The phones are open at 407-916-5400, text line 23680. You folks who live in Orlando ought to get a hold of the mayor's office and say, what, are you kidding me? You get to do this? Nobody else has a say? And one guy, one guy suddenly gets you to see it another way, Mr. Mayor? You saw it as history that was legitimate? And now it's got to go because of one man? And you're accountable to nobody else, Mr. Mayor? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Quoted in the Sentinel, a number of people opposed to the removal of this statue, including a retired American history teacher for the Orange County Public School System who said, you know what, these soldiers who were honored by that monument in the Civil War when Florida was part of the Confederacy were all Americans, whether they fought for the North or the South in the Civil War. They didn't choose where they were born and lived. Another um, from Bartow came all the way to Orlando to defend the monument. 
and he was in full Civil War-era military attire. He said two of his great-grandfathers fought for the South, but not for slavery. Quote, my granddad never owned a slave. He didn't own shoes till he went and joined the Army. This is outrageous that one man, a black activist by the name of David Porter, leans on Buddy Dyer, and suddenly Dyer, who has not had a problem with that monument, considering it to be history, okay, not an offensive symbol of slavery, suddenly caves and says, yeah, well, it's offensive to some, so I'm taking unilateral action. I don't know when, but we're going to do it, and it's going to cost the taxpayers the better part of 150000 bucks. We're getting it out of Lake Eola, and we're moving it over to the Greenwood Cemetery. It's incredible, isn't it? It's outrageous. Stephen in Claremont, good morning to you. How do you see this? Hey, bud. Um, honestly, it just makes me sick. I, I'm I'm in my mid-20s. I'm college-educated, and there's nothing I can do about this. I mean, this is something I, be, I feel very strongly about because, I mean, like the person in the newspaper said, these are Americans who fought and died, yeah, yeah, on the wrong side of the Civil War, but they were still Americans, and just because they were on the wrong side doesn't discount the fact that they were – you know, they, they fought and died for their homes, for their nation, for their families, and it, this is so disrespectful. But I, I feel trapped because as someone in their mid-20s, I can't go anywhere near this. You know, if I'm too public about my dislike of this, it hurts my reputation. If I well, With know, who? With who? With, here's the thing, bud. If I were seen anywhere near that monument as far as standing against what's happening, and there was a picture taken of me, that's on the Internet for the rest of my life, and that will follow me for the rest of my life. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but when you're my age, that, that will affect you. Wow. Boy, you're paralyzed into inaction by that fear. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I have to decide what's, what, what is more valuable, the fact that I believe so strongly about this or the fact that hmm. is it really worth dealing with the, you know, the next 10 plus years of my life having to deal with people going, wait, didn't I see a picture of you at that one thing? Aren't you racist? Oh, man. Really? Wow. You're rocking me. Yaffe, what's coming in on the text line? All right, he's already on the phone screening calls that are coming in fast and furious. Lorraine, before the top of the hour, good morning from Orlando. Good morning. Uh, first and foremost, everyone needs to know their own history. Um, I just need a, a small correction on you. You said it was Confederate history. No, it's American history. Well, it is, but it's history of the Confederacy, okay? Yes, but the thing of it is, is the reason for the Civil War was that big government was in little government's business. That was the start of the Civil War. It didn't have anything to do with slavery at its beginning. Towards the right. end, it became about slavery. What about what about the monument? Should it stay at Lake Eola or go? Let stay. Thank you very much. Paul, though, doesn't see it that way. I got 20 seconds. Go ahead from St. Cloud. Hey, uh, look, it's a monument to traitors. Nazi Germany doesn't, they educate their population. Uh, the Germans educate themselves about their to history. Traitors? They don't have monuments to the Nazis. They were a traitor. They were traitors for, for in the cause of slavery. And you know what? Put it in a museum. Teach it in school. The only reason it's even been there for 100 years is because Reconstruction ended too soon. Wow. Tough talk there. More coming up on this later in the show. 
In the meantime, Deborah Roberts updating our news at 7 o'clock. The Trump administration denying reports of intel revelations. Caffeine, would you believe, blamed for a teenager's death? Our texting contest could win you 1000 bucks. It's coming right up. Make your wallet great again. Listen for the key word. Good morning, Orlando, at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you at the top of the 7 o'clock hour as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right now here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Trump administration denies reports of intel revelations, and caffeine is blamed for a teen's death. We'll have those details coming up in one minute. And I'll talk live with our national correspondent about the bombshell Washington Post report claiming through anonymous sources that the president disclosed classified information about ISIS to the Russians. It's ahead on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning at 7.04 on News Radio 102.5. Members of Congress are reacting to reports that President Trump revealed highly classified information in a private meeting with Russian officials last week. Senator Bob Corker said it reflects the state of affairs in the White House. Obviously, they're, you know, downward spiral right now and have got to figure out a way to come to grips with all that's happening. The Tennessee Republican, who chairs the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, said the lack of discipline in the White House is creating a worrisome environment. Trump reportedly told Russian officials about classified information about an ISIS plot. Trump administration officials are calling the reports false. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And moments ago, Fox News reporting that the Russians are denying the Washington Post report. More to come. President Trump's 11-year-old son, Barron, will be attending a private Episcopal school when he begins classes this fall in the D.C. area. First Lady Melania Trump released a letter yesterday confirming their son will attend St. Andrew's Episcopal School in nearby Potomac, Maryland. Quote, we look forward to the coming school year at St. Andrew's, read the letter. Barron will become the first presidential child to ever attend St. Andrew's. A South Carolina coroner says too much caffeine is what killed a 16-year-old high school student last month. Richland County Coroner Gary Watts on Monday announced the official cause of death for Davis Kripe as a caffeine-induced cardiac event. But Davis, like so many other kids and so many other people out there today, were doing something they thought was totally harmless, and that was ingesting lots of caffeine. He says the teen drank a large diet uh, Mountain Dew, a cafe latte, and an energy drink all within about two hours. But within hours of that, he'd collapsed in class and was pronounced dead a short time later at the hospital. Boy, that's frightening because you could see any kid having access to all of that. It's completely legal and completely available. Well, and it's what a lot of kids are doing to get through finals and, you know, yeah. from college students to high school students, their final exams. I mean, it's yeah. it's... You think of it as innocuous drug because yeah. it's but in everything. Too much of it pushes the heart too far. Absolutely. Dr. Kronhaus has talked about it before here. I'm sure we'll have him talking about it on the House call later this week. It's it's, it's especially true oh. for an adult heart. It would be extra true for someone who's only 16. What an unnecessary loss that yeah. is. Here's another one. A University of Miami alumna is dead a day after graduating. 
The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission and the Coral Gables University confirmed yesterday that 22-year-old theater grad Ellie Goldenberg died Saturday in a boating accident hours after walking the stage at commencement. Wildlife officials say she was killed when she was thrown from an airboat in the Everglades. Her family has set up a scholarship fund at the Miami Theater Arts Department in her honor. And finally, an Ohio cop is expected to recover after accidentally overdosing during a drug bust. Officer Chris Green was exposed to fentanyl 50 times or 50 times more powerful than morphine during a traffic stop in East Liverpool late last week and was initially told by the two men who had it that the powder was cocaine. However, he soon got sick and dizzy after coming into contact with the drug while trying to take one of the suspects out of the car. Green had to be treated with four doses of Narcan. They almost didn't they almost ran out of enough Narcan to treat this officer on the scene. Oh my. He was then taken to a hospital. Tests later confirmed the drug was fentanyl, a highly potent substance and this is a big concern for first responders but for firefighters and police officers is that they don't have to ingest the drug it can simply just get on their skin or they could inhale it and then they too will suffer an overdose it's such a big problem they're even concerned about it with police dogs no kidding. I yet. kid you not. This is the first I've heard about this. This, yeah. this. this is frightening. This is why it's so scary, because it's so powerful. And if you yeah. don't know you've come into contact with it, you could suffer an overdose and not have any idea what even happened. My goodness. Mm. WFLA News Time, as if our first responders don't need more to worry about. Yeah. You know? WFLA News Time at 7.08. And you can read about JetBlue making everyone leave a plane over a cake at 1025wfla.com the second hour of good morning orlando starts now from news radio 1025 this is good morning orlando boy that's compelling stuff you bring us deb um it's scary yeah it really really is yeah it absolutely is now let's move ahead here from the front gate realty studio visit laura has the buyers.com on the line moments from now will be our fine News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Joe Gomez on the latest on this bombshell Washington Post report that I've got a big problem with because it's all anonymous sources claiming President Trump gave to the Russians highly classified information about, about ISIS when he had two of the top Russian diplomats in the Oval Office last week. Total denial by the Trump team and members who were in the room will get the latest as I have the uh, conversation with Joe. And by the way, the Russians are weighing in this morning. So we will have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Taking this story from a different angle right now, we're going to spend a couple of minutes um, with Joe Gomez, our fine News Radio 1025 national correspondent, working this story from the Washington Post. Joe, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. So we've set the table. What is the latest you have this morning? I understand that the Russians are now denying that there is validity to this Washington Post story. Yeah, the uh, spokeswoman for the Russian uh, foreign minister who was part of that meeting with President Trump at the White House, it was the Russian foreign minister and the Russian ambassador who Trump met with, uh, the spokeswoman for the foreign minister denying that Trump disclosed uh, classified information during the meeting. Well, that kind of goes along with what uh, Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, uh, Trump's national security advisor, had said. He said that the Washington Post story was false. Uh, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who was also part of the meeting, says that uh, he talked about a broad range of subjects but did not go into specific 
detail. So now you have a number of people coming out saying that uh, the story, as it's described by the Washington Post, is not true. Yeah, and um, one thing we should point out also, for anybody who's out there committed to taking down President Trump, there would be nothing illegal, correct, Joe, about him uh, revealing information because any president is actually free to declassify anything he chooses to. Right, yeah. Uh, the president can declassify anything he wants at any time without process. I mean, literally, as soon as it leaves his mouth, um, it could become declassified. So the president is not being accused of breaking any laws here. Uh, but I think the, the concern among members of the intelligence community is that, you know, could this compromise future intelligence gathering operations? Could this dissuade other countries that share intelligence with the United States from continuing to do so? Will the Russians be able to find out who the source of this intel is and the method used to collect it uh, to make sure that they're not on the um, monitoring and uh, monitoring end of all of this? Yeah, much to come. And I know you've got another station to service, so I'm going to let you go here in a moment, Joe. But before you do, uh, you're all over this story and have been in the wee hours of the morning while I've been trying to put multiple topics together to talk about today. Have we heard anything from President Trump this way in terms of, you know, being on camera or tweeting about it? Anything at all from President Trump? No, surprisingly. I mean, the president has been very silent about all of this. Um, the president has uh, not uh, particularly touched on this topic. Actually, I take that back. He did tweet out as pre 13 minutes ago, as president, I wanted to share with Russia at an openly scheduled White House meeting, which I have the absolute right to do, facts pertaining to terrorism and airline flight safety, humanitarian reasons, plus I wanted Russia to greatly step up their fight against ISIS and terrorism. That coming out literally minutes ago, bud. So the president, yes, now he has finally taken the Twitter to a comment on this ongoing story. Boy, I got to tell you, that's news as fresh as it gets from the best in the business. Our fine News Radio 1025 WFLA national correspondent, Joe Gomez. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, bud. All right. 407 916 5400, text line 23680. I will be taking calls and text input from you on this later on in the show. But I do want to get something out there that is vastly different that you need to know about that we may be dealing with here in Florida. It is called Textilizer Technology to Stop Texting While Driving. Does it go too far? The Textilizer debate in a moment. We're with you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Textilizer technology. Have you heard of this before? We've talked before about the fact that Florida needs to join most of the rest of the country in making texting while driving a primary offense. We've talked about dealing with it by creating a system of fines that are a deterrent. And I still think I want to go in that direction because I'm very concerned from a personal privacy standpoint about a high-tech way to shut down and, 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 and bring to justice those who engage in the deadly, dangerous practice of texting while they are driving. Legislation is making its way through the, um, um, through the, the legislature in New York State um, to legalize the use of so-called textilizer devices for determining, in the wake of an accident, 
whether devices in the hands of the driver were being used at the time of the accident, okay? New York could become the first state in the country to implement the textilizer technology for catching these distracted drivers and throwing the book at them. Um, The way it would work under this legislation, if New York goes with it, and if they do, you're certainly going to see an effort to institute textilizer technology here in Florida. That's why I wanted to get out in front of this and bring you the first word of this, because neither Yaffe nor I had heard of textilizer technology before this came down from New York. The bill would require drivers who've been involved in an accident to let authorities scan their phones for evidence of recent use or face penalties and license suspension both at the time and later on if they refuse. Now, once developed fully, the field test could allow officers to quickly generate a time-stamped report on which applications were running and whether drivers were using devices hands-on or hands-free around the time of the accident. Now, those who have sponsored the bill claim that a textilizer tool would not access other content on your phone nor be able to read your text messages that you may have sent or received on the road. They say, I really worry about the potential with textilizer technology for tremendous abuse and invasion of privacy, Yaffe, and that's why my initial reaction is not favorable to this high-tech way to deal with uh, those who text while they're driving. I think we need to get a, a system of fines going. First offenses is $500, and then you work it up from there. First of all, in Florida, we need to get beyond it being a secondary offense. You've got to do something else first before the cops can stop you and hit you with this. It's got to be a primary offense like it is in about 46 other states around the country. Um, what about this textilizer technology? Am I too paranoid or not paranoid enough about the personal privacy issues here. Oh, I don't think you're paranoid at all. I mean, we've known that we've known local government agencies to use tools like that to kind of invade personal privacy. So, I mean, it could lead in that direction, even if it's for good intentions, like you said, yeah. with the texting while driving to stop like that. Who knows what they could use? I think a lot of I think a lot of people are going to be a little wary of implementing that technology, at I least think at so. first. I think so too. I'm not going to take calls on it right now, but we wanted to get this out. You know, Rush is on the cutting edge. We like to try every now and then to be even better than that and be ahead of the cutting edge. (laughs) Right. All right? And tell you about things you've never heard of before. Trust me, if this becomes the law in New York, it will be pitched here in the state of Florida. Right now, I would favor going with heavy fines right off the bat, and it's got to be a primary offense to deter the deadly dangerous practice of texting while driving. It is the worst form of distracted driving because of how long you take your eyes off the road to take and receive and send text messages, you know? Okay, so that's kind of where we are on that. Textilizer technology. I'll bet you heard it here first. It's a cool name, though. It is. Textilizer. Absolutely. (laughs) Wish I'd thought of it. But I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll follow it. it. It's something we may be dealing with here. Um 
Tuesday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So you missed the big story of the morning? Well, you've come to the right place because Deborah Roberts has the latest. National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster says reports that President Trump revealed highly classified information to Russian officials are not true. Trump met privately with Russia's U.S. Ambassador and Foreign Minister last week. At the White House last night, McMaster said a range of, quote, common threats were discussed. But he insisted that intelligence sources, methods and military operations were not discussed. Trump reportedly told Russian officials about classified information involving an ISIS plot. McMaster said, quote, I was in the room. It didn't happen. End quote. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A New Hampshire man is crediting the iPhone app Siri with literally saving his life after being seriously injured in a home explosion. Wow. No kidding. I know she talks back to you, gives you all kinds of information, but she's a lifesaver now. She's a lifesaver. Yeah, Christopher Bocher says he's lucky to be alive after his mother's cottage exploded and partially collapsed while he was inside on May 1st. Now, he managed to escape the flames, but he had severe burns on his hands and his face, so he was unable to dial 911. So Bocher says he then used the voice command app to call for help as he was entering shock. He's currently recovering at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Authorities are investigating what caused that explosion. So he called on Siri, and Siri placed the 911 call? Yeah, as he was literally slipping out of consciousness and going oh, into shock. Oh, my goodness. Isn't wow. that crazy? Yeah. What a story out of New Hampshire. And there's some good stories, some good news with technology. You bet. All right, from the future, we go way, way, way back to the past, bud. We've got a perfectly preserved dinosaur that looks something out of Game of Thrones, and it has now been unveiled. Wow. Normally, all you have is the bones. We're talking about more than that here, this right? This is a completely, it's, it's a Canadian miner unearthed one of the most well-preserved dinosaurs ever found. It's not just a skeleton, bud. It's a completely petrified dinosaur. Wow, skin and all. National Geographic says the miner was working inside Canada's Millennium Mine when the 110-million-year-old Horned and armored tank-like dinosaur was uncovered. Wow. I know. (laughs) Those who photographed it say it looks like a prop from a movie. That's how well-preserved it is. National Geographic says the dinosaur walked on four legs and weighed about 3,000 pounds, and it was really big, too, at 18 feet long. This can't, is incredible can't stuff. Can't wait to see the yeah, pictures yeah, of that. Yeah, normally it's just a skeleton, you know. Exactly. But this, this is time, exciting. They say it's so well preserved, it looks like a movie prop. And finally, happy Tuesday. Here's something you might not have known. Today is National Love a Tree Day, bud. It's time for you to go out and find that tree for you to hug. Do I have to hug the tree? Deb? You have to hug the tree. I mean, bud. I really like trees. I just don't know that I want to be seen out there hugging trees. Do I need to do that today? Yes, you do. Can I just blow it a kiss? Come on. Come on, cut me some slack, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Okay, what else? Fine. What other day is it's it? It's also National Biographers Day and National Piercing Day. You can expect uh, piercing shops to be offering up some specials in honor of the occasion. There you go, bud. You exactly. have to do that too, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> there you, you go. You got to hug a tree, <laughs> get a biography made about you, and uh, get some ear piercing. I have okay. a feeling that so. as soon as he gets something pierced and he hugs a tree, the biography part will be taken care of for him. <laughs> this is a good point. Yeah, the biography would have to go last yeah <laughs> someone's gonna spot him and they're gonna write a bud heading or biography i saw bud when 
do you think I need? Do they think I need like a like a like a nose ring, an, an ear piercing, belly button? What do we? What Ooh, do I need here? I think a little ear action would be pretty hot. Really? Yeah, I've always wanted to get my belly button pierced, but I was too afraid I'd look like Buddha. <laughs> I didn't want people rubbing oh, my belly geez. for good luck. No, it's true. I've been waiting my whole life to get my belly button pierced. I've just come to the age where I've accepted it's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. They don't make chains that big, and <laughs> they just don't. Deb will be back with more news whenever it breaks. Top of the hour as well. She's got a really cool story we have at, at the top of the hour here about a guy who wanted to move the Florida capital to where? Orlando. Wow. Yeah, this I is back even, in the '60s. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that story's coming up along with all the all the other news of the morning uh, with the Debmeister next time she checks in, uh, of course, and uh, that will be at the top of the hour unless we have breaking news, and you can count on her for that always. All right, we got uh, Sound Judgment Game contestants lined up on the fifty thousand watt front porch. If you can't get in because the lines are busy, wait for somebody to give a wrong answer, and it could well happen. Opening up the line for you. To win in a later round, 407-916-5400 will be the number to call. Yaffe, what's the prize we're playing for? It is one that a lot of our listeners are really going to want to win. Oh, yeah, definitely, bud. It's a four-pack of tickets good for one-day admission to the Florida Gun Show at the Central Florida Fairgrounds Saturday, May 20th and Sunday, May 21st. Get all the details and purchase tickets today at floridagunshow.com. Yeah, absolutely, and you're going on us, and it is this coming weekend. It's a terrific prize, and even if it's not for you or you don't have the time in your schedule, there's somebody in your circle of family and friends who would absolutely love to go to the gun show on us. 407-916-5400 is the number. I've got an open line, 407-916-5400. Jump on the 50,000-watt front porch. All right, yesterday... After that rousing commencement speech over the weekend at Liberty University, President Trump gave another inspiring speech. This one was in the shadow of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., that the ATM machine, which is what I call the anti-Trump media machine, went out of its way not to cover. I want you to listen to some sound from that speech and then tell me who the president was honoring. Words cannot express the depths of our gratitude, but I hope that our actions will show you how deeply we care and how strongly we feel about protecting those who protect us. Who was the president honoring in that terrific speech in Washington yesterday? How about we start on line three, just because we can. Good morning, line three. Gone. Bailed out. Apparently no idea. Opportunity knocking. That's an open line. 407-916-5400. Four pack of tickets to the big gun show on us and up for grabs here on Sound Judgment. We're going to line four. Who was the president honoring yesterday? Law enforcement. Absolutely right. Fallen police officers specifically. It's the start of National Police Week, and the president wasn't letting let it go by. But the mainstream media gave it very, very little coverage. You are the winner. You're going to the gun show. Four-pack of tickets on us. I hope you're excited about that prize. Yes, sir. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Good deal. Nice to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Glad you enjoy the show. If you give me the first name, I'll pop you a personal note of congratulations. All right, Stacy. 
Stacy, spell it for me. S T A C Y. Okay, wasn't sure if you had sneaked an E in there between the C and the <laughs> <No> one. E. <laughs> Don't be doing that. All right, <laughs> you'd fake out the bud man. We can't have that. All right, hey, listen, Stacy. In a moment, Yaffe is pretty busy in the control room. We'll come on with you as I put you on hold. Make all the Great. arrangements to get you the prize. Okay, buddy. Appreciate it, bud. Thank you. Yeah, man. good deal. Thank you. Thank you so much, and congratulations. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour on a beautiful Tuesday. Time for an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Trump administration denies reports of intel revelations, and the man who tried to move Florida's capital to Orlando has passed away. We'll have the details in one minute. And in one fell swoop, The 100-year-old Confederate soldier's monument will be gone from Lake Eola. We need to talk about this, and we will next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning. It's 8.04 on News Radio 1025. National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster says the report about President Trump revealing classified information to Russian officials is false. In a statement outside the White House yesterday evening, McMaster stressed that no intelligence sources or methods were discussed. But Washington Post reporter Greg Jaffe, one of the reporters who broke the story, says the information Trump is said to have revealed was so sensitive, it's known as code word information. This intelligence came from an ally, and um, uh, that made it additionally sensitive because they had certain expectations that we would safeguard it. Further reporting by the New York Times claims Trump was boasting to Russia's foreign minister and ambassador when he disclosed the highly sensitive information during a meeting in the Oval Office last week. There are now concerns that information could reveal the source of the intelligence. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. We're going to get back into this in detail in our final half hour. Just after your update at 8.30, Deb, we have uh, the Russian foreign ministry weighing in. And we've got a couple of fresh tweets from President Trump that we will share. All right. And, hanging out in, here, so in, in the meantime, a new poll shows a growing number of Americans want an investigation, uh, want an independent probe into accusations of connections between Russian, uh, Russian officials and the Trump campaign. A Reuters Ipsos survey conducted after President Trump fired FBI Director James Comey put support for an independent investigation at 59 percent. That number is up from 54 percent in February. It also includes a growing percentage of people within the president's own party. While only 30 percent of Republicans wanted an independent look into the accusations back in February, now over 40 percent are asking for it. Back in the Sunshine State, the man who tried to move Florida's capital to Orlando has passed away. Lee Weisenborn served in the state legislature in the 60s and early 70s. The Miami lawyer was so repulsed by segregation in Tallahassee that in 1967 he filed a bill to relocate state government to Orlando. It failed, but the controversy helped to force Tallahassee's white power structure into grudging acceptance of the civil rights era. After leaving politics, Weisenborn focused on his law practice where he loved to fight for the underdog. He was 88 years old. Rick Flagg, News Radio 1025, WFLA. What a story that most of us had no idea about. No, I'd never heard of that before until our Tallahassee bureau chief uh, had filed that report. It was like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, Rick's really a great historian um, for the state of Florida and what goes on in politics. I've always felt when you look at the map, 
that we're the logical place centrally located here in Orlando for the capital to be. It really does make sense when you think about it. It makes sense. In local news, the city of Orlando is removing the Confederate Johnny Reb statue from a downtown park. This man says he agrees with the decision. Taking down a symbol of slavery, a symbol of hate against the African-American community. But this woman says she doesn't like the idea of removing the statue. Why take away history from everybody just because other people feel as if it's a racist thing? It's not. Mayor Buddy Dyer announced at City Hall yesterday that the century-old monument honoring Southern soldiers in the Civil War will be moved to the Greenwood Cemetery. The announcement came amid protests yesterday from detractors who waved Confederate flags. It's amazing because the mayor, as I'll point out in detail here in a moment when we get into this and take calls and text messages from the listeners, has always defended that monument as history. Suddenly, he sees it another way, and he can have it removed without anyone else being able to stop it, which is amazing to me. But that's what's about to happen after 100 years on the shores of Lake Eola. I'm not happy about it. We'll talk about it, and we'll see what Central Florida thinks in a moment. Yeah, I'm shocked to find out he has that singular power to do something like that. And finally, digital pirates reportedly have a copy of the newest uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and they want Disney to pay an exorbitant ransom. Disney CEO Bob Iger didn't identify the movie when he announced the demand Monday, but sources told the Los Angeles Times it's Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, the fifth film in the Johnny Depp series. It's set to open May 26. Some of the earlier reports had said that it was going to be uh, Cars 3 or the latest Cars movie, which was the one that hackers have. Yeah. Now, hackers recently released episodes of Netflix's Orange is the New Black, very popular a series, in a similar scheme when that company refused to pay. It's so, just kind of like tied in with that ransomware thing that's been going on globally in the last yeah, couple which of days? Which they're now saying points to North Korean hackers. Unbelievable. And the now they're trying to hold Korea. Disney hostage. What I'm hearing is the mouse is not going to pay. And a lot of security experts say, listen, there's no point in paying this this ransomware because you're giving it to folks who aren't necessarily going to hold up their end of the bargain. So you can give them all this money and you still might lose. Exactly. So it's a 50-50 shot. WFLA News Time 809. Read about a disillusion and Coulter saying about Trump, quote, things don't look good at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yeah, Ann Coulter wrote the book on Trump, was his biggest public conservative backer during the campaign, and 120 days into the presidency, she's ready to jump ship. I'm telling you, I took her to task earlier on the show. Give me a break, Ann. As we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit LaunaHasTheBuyers.com. How do you feel about Buddy Dyer, the mayor of Orlando, being the only one who has the say, and he says that the Johnny Reb Confederate monument that has stood for a century on the shores of Lake Eola in the heart of Orlando has to go. 407-916-5400. What in the world is going on? How did this happen? And it looks like there's no way to stop it. We'll get into it here in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I know a lot of you weren't with us. Well, been the six o'clock hour when I got into this, but I really am incensed that Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer, who has never had a problem with uh, monuments to the Confederacy or other historical markers here from the Civil War, 
He's always considered them to be of historical value and has never moved against them. But all of a sudden yesterday, in the middle of a uh, contentious session down at the Orlando City Council, uh, in which um, there was a case made by some activists that this is a symbol of racism, the Johnny Reb Civil War Soldiers Monument that has stood since 1917, 100 years, on the shore of Lake Eola, was a symbol of racism and was offensive to black people, and it must go, okay? And suddenly, this was led by um, a former member of the Orlando Sentinel uh, editorial board, uh, he happens to be black, and his name is David Porter. And he had been posting on social media that he planned to call on the city to remove the Johnny Reb monument. And uh, people on both sides turned out. You heard some on both sides in Deb's news here at the top of the hour. But we have one man driving this suddenly, and suddenly one man, Buddy Dyer, caves to this and says, that's it, we're removing it. We're going to take it down, we're going to take it over and re-erect it in Greenwood Cemetery in an area of that cemetery where Confederate war dead are buried. And that's it. And apparently the council doesn't have to vote on this. Nobody gets to vote on this. The mayor says that's it, the monument is gone, and nobody can do anything to stop it. American history is under assault, Confederate history especially. Listen, this is a monument to those soldiers who put on the uniform of the Confederacy. They were Americans. They lost the war, ultimately, of course. You know, but to say that this is a symbol of slavery or whatever is a stretch for me. I think it's a stretch for most black Central Floridians as well. Most people don't even know what that monument is all about. But suddenly, we get one black activist and one and one mayor who suddenly has his knees buckle, and the monument in 100 years of American history is banished out of view of almost everybody within the sound of my voice. These Civil War monuments are under assault. They've been taking them down in the middle of the night in New Orleans recently. Uh, the General Lee statue up in Virginia is gone from a town square. I mean, this is history. This is outrageous. Does anybody else have a problem with this? And the idea that one man, David Porter, can get one man, Buddy Dyer, to order this monument removed after a hundred years, there is something fundamentally wrong here. It falls under the category of something I rail on in all its forms from this microphone frequently. Tyranny of the minority. Two people, and it's gone. 407-916-5400. What do you think? Text line 23680. You're next. Oh, I get the heart pumping again, and I'm glad it's still beating, and I thank the good Lord Almighty for putting Dr. Ken Kronhaus and Lake Cardiology in my path more than 10 years ago. Otherwise, I would be a goner for sure. His uh, BudScan 2.0 heart scan, I mean, uh, it just, just saved my life. Showed blockages I didn't even know I had, and we've dealt with them, and I've never had the heart attack that otherwise might have been almost inevitable, Dr. Kronhaus says. His other patients I talk to frequently. Let's listen to Vern right now. 
Um, you know, another heart doctor had uh, Vern headed for open heart surgery, so he took my recommendation on the radio, booked an appointment with Dr. Kronhaus, and... Uh, after seeing Dr. Kronhaus and changing some medications and, uh, and, and that, uh, it appears that that's, if it's in the future, it's far down the future. So he's kept you from the surgeon's knife. Absolutely. And I'm very grateful. I'll bet you are, Vern, and I could tell when we had the conversation how earnest you were about that. See, it's the best of heart care. Dr. Kronhaus gives so much time to every patient in their situation here, you know, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't advocate extreme measures when there is another way. And I mean, I never had surgery, um, and, and, and Doc's got me in, in great shape after all of these years. He's a very special doctor at a very special practice where lives are saved every day. Why don't you schedule your first appointment? You'll see what we mean. The number to Dr. Kronhaus Office, Lake Cardiology, 352-735-1400. Please tell him the Bud Man got you to call, 352-735-1400. Make it a point to call today. It's your heart. It's your life. Your calls and text messages on the uh, Confederate Soldiers Memorial about ready to be taken out of Lake Eola Park in downtown Orlando by order of one man, Mayor Buddy Dyer. It doesn't seem right to me. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, David Porter, the black former member of the Orlando Sentinel editorial board, starts calling for the removal of the Civil War monument, the Johnny Reb Soldiers Monument at Lake Eola. has been there since 1917. 100 years it has stood there. Says it's got to go. It's a symbol of slavery, white supremacy, and a dark era in Orlando's past. But it is, whether you like it or not, legitimate Central Florida history. Okay? Florida was one of the states that fought in the Confederacy in the Civil War. And a lot of blood was shed on both sides. The mayor said yesterday, as recently as yesterday, he views the statue and others like it as historical markers. But some find it offensive, and so he says, that's it. We're moving it. We're taking it down. We're moving it over to the Greenwood Cemetery. It's going to cost about 150 grand when all is said and done to get this done. Wow. Taxpayer dollars. But he caved, it looks like, to the pressure of just one man after defending Civil War history as recently as yesterday. It's incredible. Something like this is a, this is a huge deal. Obviously, we've got tons of calls and texts on it. And the mayor should not be allowed to do this without anybody else having an opportunity to weigh in and vote for it or against it. The council's not involved in this. We the people? Well, who are we? Let's go to Larry in Orlando. The monument. Keep it or remove it. 750,000 Americans killed each other in the war between the states. Those who do not know history are doomed to report it. The mayor has lost his sense of history. And David Porter will have that monument removed from Greenwood. You watch it. Oh, you think this it's only it's only making a stop in Greenwood, then it'll be gone from Ab- there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Seven hundred and fifty thousand Americans killed each other in that war. We need something to remind us of our hostility. Thank you, Larry, very much. Those are not the figures I'm used to hearing. I'm used to hearing somewhere in the neighborhood of 650,000, but I'm not going to debate you in that regard. I do appreciate your call. 
Here is Kelly and Oviedo. What about the Civil War Johnny Reb monument? Should it stay at Lake Eola or should it go? Oh, by the way, the deal is done. The mayor says it's gone. Yeah, that's, that sounds like something he would do. That monument needs to stay. I teach history and civics in Seminole County, and this infuriates me. About two weeks ago, there was an article that had a link to an organization on Democrat mayors. It was in response to Trump rolling back some EPA regulations. So I went and I checked out this website, this, this, this Democrat mayors group, and these guys are as left as you can get. They're looking at resisting everything, and this is part of their agenda. And I'm sorry I can't recall the name of this group. It's not too hard to find. I've uh-huh. it on my computer. Yeah. But this is, this is part and parcel of what they're going to be doing. They're going to resist everything. They're going to continue the fundamental transformation of this country. One man should not be able to pressure the mayor, and the mayor should not just as one man. I listen to squat. Anybody else has to say. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kelly, very much. Tell you what, there's such interest in this. I'm going to open up the phones right after Deb with the news. So, Gary, Joanna, and others, if you want to stay on the line, if you want to join them, 407-916-5400. Yaffe says we got a full bank of incoming on the text line. We'll see what you think as well. The mayor's going to take unilateral action under pressure from one man, apparently, to remove this monument. This is an outrage. I think our caller may be right. If it's offensive in Lake Eola, isn't it offensive at Greenwood Cemetery? And will the next move have it taken out of there as well? Our American history is under assault, and there are Civil War-era monuments in scores of cities and towns around Florida that are all going to be under assault from the social justice crowd on the left, unless we stop it. We need to hit the mayor's office with protest phone calls and uh, and emails. We really do. Maybe we can get them to think anew on this. Got a black listener who doesn't want the Johnny Reb statue removed from Lake Eola. Sam, we'll be talking with you in just a moment. Deb's coming by with the news at the bottom of the hour. Deb, phones are on fire. Text line two. More coming up in the next segment. But I want you to uh, bring a caller on the line with a different perspective here because we know that um, the effort to get uh, Buddy Dyer to do what he has now done to order the removal from Lake Eola Park of the Johnny Reb Civil War Soldiers Monument that's been there for 100 years was driven by David Porter, who was black, former member of the Orlando Sentinel Editorial Board, who said, you know, Uh, This is a symbol of slavery, white supremacy, and a dark era in Orlando's past. But not everyone who's African-American feels the way Porter does. No, we're, in fact, uh, traveling to Apopka this morning to talk to Sam. Good morning, Sam. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you all? Oh, we're hanging in there. Doing good? Where in the world are you? We heard sirens going off, Sam. I'm uh, in Apopka. All right. Well, go ahead, sir, with your take on the Civil War monument. Okay, but I'm a veteran. I'm a Christian. Um, I know it's the wrong thing to do, having served this country. I know this country has a bad history past, but, but if we don't remember where we come from, we'll be repeating those things again, and, and it's almost as, as if it's on the verge of seeing that happen as, as I speak with the, with the president uh, on the attack the way he is. It's the wrong thing to do, man, but that's all I can take. It's, it's it's not going to be a good thing to happen. I'm totally against it. Mr. Dyer is making a bad, very bad decision for the city of Orlando. So even as an African-American man, you believe the statue at Lake Eola should stay? No doubt about it. I don't think any of them should be, be taken down. 
I think all of them, they're, they're, this is American history. What yeah. are we going to do next? Are we going to, are we going to wipe out slave ships to, to say that blacks didn't come from America by slavery? Come to where are we going to, where, where is this going to end at? It's a good point. By mm-hmm. simply, you know, taking the statues and yeah. stuff down, you don't change the history. No, you certainly don't. And I, and I think it's important to acknowledge it and remember it. It is not an endorsement, right, Sam, of slavery to have that not, monument it's there. Not, it's an endorsement of, of American history. Thank you for that, Sam. Wish we had more time. You're really a terrific caller, and we thank you so much. Deb, what's going on in the news here this morning beyond this hot story that we'll be talking about in our next segment? Well, real quick, back on that hot story uh, locally, I was going to say it also can continue to serve as a teaching moment rather than having it removed. If it's something you don't agree with, you can use it as an opportunity when walking by it to explain the history behind it and the reasons why you don't agree with it. Absolutely true. Without having to remove it. Yeah, and, and it is not an endorsement saying let's return to an era of slavery. That's that is outrageous to make that case. But the mayor's been sold on it and he's taken the monument out unless we can find a way to stop him. Well, apart from that big story locally, of course, the big story nationwide is top GOP lawmakers say they want more information about allegations. President Trump revealed highly classified information to Russian officials last week. He reportedly made the comments during a meeting with Russia's foreign minister and ambassador. The White House denies it. House Speaker Paul Ryan says he's waiting for a, quote, full explanation of the facts, end quote, before reacting further. Arizona Senator John McCain says if the allegations are true, they are, quote, deeply disturbing. And Tennessee Senator Bob Corker maintains that a lack of discipline in the White House is creating a worrisome environment. We hadn't heard anything from the president, by the way, but... He's been tweeting, and I have them in my hand. We'll reveal them a little bit later on in this half hour. Yeah, I saw one earlier. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The world's first drone jump is in the books. Drone jump? A drone jump. Ooh, this sounds this sounds dangerous. This sounds kind of, yeah, this sounds really scary. Drone jump. Drone jump. A video from a Latvian manufacturer shows a skydiver being carried more than 1,000 feet in the air by a drone on Friday. The footage then shows the skydiver drop from the device and parachute safely to the ground in the European country. That drone's got a lot of lift. I'm surprised they were able to make that happen. Well, that's because the company says the 28 propeller drone stunt. Oh, jeez. 28 propellers. Uh, it shows how the devices, though, could be used in a number of ways, including fighting fires, civil defense, and even sports. And uh, finally, decidedly not drone, an airport near the border of Ohio and Kentucky is helping travelers relieve some stress with miniature horses. Yeah? Yeah. The Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport employs therapy mini horses. From Ohio's Seven Oaks Farm, the therapy animals visit the ticketing area twice a month to calm passengers. Airport official Wendy Orlando called the program a success, saying the horses never gets old with travelers. Orlando says the airport was initially considering a therapy dog program that's used in several other airports, but that's so passe. Yeah, nobody does the the horses. So they chose miniature horses instead. I like that. I think that's a pretty cool idea. A fun thing for you to talk about on your uh, Sunday show, Animal House, Deb. I will most certainly be talking about that, Bud Man. And when is that on? That is on Sunday afternoons. Thank you so much for asking. At 3 p.m. right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So if you're out... Walking the dog Sunday or just uh, sitting on the couch cuddling with your kitten? 
give us a listen. It's a great show. Proud to promote it. Deb Meister, thank you. Thank you, bud, man. All right. Uh, good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Full bank of phones. The incoming continues. We'll check the text line as well. Buddy Dyer is going to remove, suddenly, he's made this decision, the Civil War Monument at Lake Eola. Wow. And nobody, nobody else has a say? What is this? This is a dictatorship? This is ridiculous. This is wrong. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. We'll get your take on this as we continue. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. It appears to me that under pressure from one black activist, David Porter, former member of the Orlando Sentinel editorial board, Mayor Buddy Dyer has suddenly decided that he is removing the Johnny Reb Civil War Soldiers Monument that has stood on the shores of Lake Eola for a hundred years. Get it out of public view. It's offensive. It's a symbol of racism and slavery. And send it on over to a corner of Greenwood Cemetery where there are some Civil War uh, veterans buried. Uh, This is incredible that the mayor can do this without anybody else voting on it. Council doesn't have to approve or disapprove or anything. He's just going to do it. I mean, I, I would I would call him, I would text him down there, I would email him down there and say, Mr. Mayor, this is history, this is wrong. What do the texters say at 23680, Yaffe? Uh, yes, uh, a lot of people upset at Buddy Dyer. One person says that Buddy Dyer should be removed now, not the statue. Another person says, uh, I've got a few people that say it needs to stay where it's at. Um, I had a texter earlier that made a great point, and I think I agree with um, could you imagine if in Rome they removed all the ancient statues, the pagan statues in Rome, or removed the Colosseum? We got to bulldoze the Colosseum. Yeah, because, you know, there and were Christians the killed in there. Egypt, pyramids in Egypt built with slave labor. It's a constant reminder of slavery and racism in Egypt. They got to bulldoze them. We got to bomb them. They're too big to bulldoze. They've got to go. Now people would be outraged at the thought of exactly. that. What's the difference? Yeah, that's what the texture was making, and I and I I have to kind of agree that we should we shouldn't ignore our history. I don't support what the Confederacy did, but I don't want to erase our history either. I don't like us going down this road. And the idea there's something wrong with the way the city charter is written that the mayor can make a unilateral decision like this, and nobody else has a say. That's not the way this system should work when we're talking about. An icon in this town, whether you like it or not, has been there for 100 years, and the mayor says it goes, and that's it. Tiffany and Deltona, good morning from Volusia County on this, Tiffany. Good morning. This sounds like the tail wagging the dog. If the media is going to control the government, wouldn't we just make save money if we just got rid of the government? And the bad thing is, most people in this country don't take the time because they're too lazy to check the facts of the media. All right, Tiffany, thank you for weighing in. And, Joanna, I want to know what you think. Good morning from Orlando. You're on with the Budman. Hello, Joanne. Hello. This is Joanna. 30 um, seconds. Heart, heart is broken. Um, I visited Cape Cod a few years ago, and even they had a, a statue commemorating and honoring Confederate soldiers, which was a blessing. And... Uh, I, I just think the mayor is doing the wrong thing. We need to keep the statue, and I feel like chaining myself to it. It represents 
young man who died to, to protect their homes. Thank you, Joanna. Well put. And I'll tell you, there are Confederate memorials, monuments, statues all over Florida in dozens of cities and towns. The social justice crowd that got to Buddy Dyer here is coming for that piece of American history, perhaps in the town where you live. Roger is in beautiful Mount Dora with me this morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, bud. Um, I was just sharing with Yaffe that about 20 years ago, uh, I uh, met a German exchange student who uh, we we actually taught her the parts of uh, history for World War II where uh, the concentration camps were in Germany, and she lived there. She didn't know about it. And uh, if you don't learn about your history, you're going to repeat it in some form, and that's a dangerous thing, especially in something like the Civil War. Thank you for that, Roger. I think you're absolutely right. So you better check. Find out if you got a Civil War monument, because the social justice crowd is going to be coming for it. They're all going to be watching what happens with a Johnny Reb statue. Hopefully, Mayor Buddy Dyer will get enough phone calls and emails and texts from the best audience in talk radio and turn away from this decision. This is outrageous. This is American history. Oh, we are getting some fresh tweets from President Trump, who was under fire from the anti-Trump media machine, the ATM machine, as I call it, embodied in, in the Washington Post article, quoting nothing but anonymous sources, current and former U.S. officials unnamed, that they say at a White House meeting with a couple of Russian diplomats last week, the president revealed to the Russians highly classified information on ISIS and compromised our national security. The president tweets, as president, I wanted to share with Russia at an openly scheduled White House meeting, which I have the absolute right to do, facts pertaining to terrorism and airline flight safety, humanitarian reasons. Plus, I want Russia to greatly step up their fight against ISIS and terrorism. The Washington Post, it is reported, did not interview the three key Trump administration officials who were in the room, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who I don't think would lie for anybody, including the president, says this story is false, that nothing was discussed that wasn't publicly known. They talked about threats to both countries, Russia and the United States, in the age of terrorism. Also, the National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster and his assistant both say false story. Russian Foreign Ministry this morning, checking in, saying this is false. This is an outrage. The anti-Trump media machine, the Washington Post, with a story with absolutely nothing but anonymous sources. Incredible. That's the ATM machine at work. Wish we could have taken more calls and texts on the Civil War monuments, um, but we'll be back on the story for sure. As we roll on every morning from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. If you'd like some of the best in talk radio here on WFLA, you can get it tonight. Yaffe, you're on the air in prime time. Yes, Beyond Reason Radio is on tonight, 7 to 9 p.m., so join me. And the phone numbers and the text line, absolutely the same. Boy, it's been a wild three-hour ride. I hope you were buckled up. And you're ready to go with the rest of the day. Go out and make it a great day. And for Deb and for Yaffe and the whole team, the Bud Man here, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and God bless America.